The following Roadshow podcast contains strong language and listener discretion is advised. Rowers tend to use invective and colourful language to explain even the simplest points. This Roadshow podcast is no exception. Welcome to The Roadshow. We're your hosts, Lawrence Britton and Jake Green. And in this podcast, we're going to go into everything related to sport and performance. And we're also going to talk a little bit about rowing. In South Africa. It brings people together, it breaks down barriers. My passion winning to be the best. Being the best is something we strive for. Sacrifice, crucial role in South Africa. Passion. Great. Passion. Fiction. Ultimate goal. Glory. Relentless training. Pain. Pain. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to another episode of The Row Show. As always, it's myself, Lawrence Britton, and with me... It's Jake Green and we are back this season and we are actually talking about a regatta that's about to come up fresh off the 2022 circuit. We're going to be chatting about um, the first World Cup, which is going to be happening this weekend. In Belgrade, Serbia. In Belgrade, Serbia. And of course, it's a new Olympiad. You know, it's the first World Cup of the season. It's a, it's a fresh start for a lot of new crews out there. And, you know, it's going to be lots of fun because, you know, we haven't seen racing for a while. And now, Jake, are we gonna even going to be able to manage a hype train? A hype train, you know, easily. It like might be a bit more speculation than <laughs> usual. <laughs> I feel like we, we, we haven't done many of these. And even last season, not that many, not that much racing. And we were obviously racing quite a lot, so we didn't uh, get to chat much. And yeah. then the year before, nothing. So nothing. there hasn't been a, a huge amount of racing for us to to chat about for a while. But 2022 is looking looking a little more promising. Yeah, I mean, judging from the, the entries into the First World Cup, this is probably the best First World Cup I've seen in a long time. I usually find out of the whole World Cup circuit, the, the First World Cup is often... For my personal, from my kind of views, sometimes the the one with the least amount of entries and maybe yeah, the one with definitely. the least amount of interesting racing. But we've got a really uh, a lot of entries here, especially in the smaller boats. I mean, for example, we have 22 entries into the men's pair, which is ridiculous. That's a lot more than usual. So it's good. And also, it just goes to show, I think what's fantastic is I, th- I think that the, the world rowing, the, the countries out there, you know, obviously, we st- COVID pandemic is ongoing, but there seems to be a shift now that we're getting. We we everyone is saying, okay, let's focus on the racing. We manage COVID; it's an ongoing thing. But now we've got you know racing's back. We've got it. We've been through it. It's not a first rodeo. Whereas in the past, I feel like a lot of countries haven't sent their crews to yeah to events because they don't know what has going to happen with COVID. But also, we I mean, I think what we're also seeing is that there's a shift between now. You know, usually it's a four-year cycle. There's a big mm. kind of, everyone's a bit more relaxed going into the next cycle. There's a lot of changeover of crews, of athletes. So people are only feeling the water. Whereas I feel like there's a, there's much more, there's a bigger sense of urgency going into to this season because things have to get done this season so that crews can qualify next season. So we're back at the Olympics the year after. Oh my Lord, are you so for real? I just didn't. I, you just. I just thought about that for the first yeah. time. Crews are qualifying next year for next the Olympics. Yeah, it's qualification. Yeah, <laughs> oh okay, that puts things into perspective. So, there's definitely a lot, a lot more importance on this season than a, there usually would be. Because I, I feel like at, you know, if we cast our minds to you know 2018, that was the the second year of the last Olympiad. 
there were a lot of crews that had been established, you know, mm. that from the, the previous cycle that yeah. had been established and those crews went on to medal at the at the games in, in Tokyo. So this 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 season is doubling up the first and the second yes. season seasons usually. But that's exactly what I'm I'm saying is yeah. that the the Olympic cycle is not getting compressed. It's not four years getting compressed into three years. The the qualifying year and the Olympic year are going to be the same no matter mm. what. Mm. It's the first two years of the cycle that are now getting compressed into one year. So yeah. all of the racing from last year, all the lessons and the things that the teams would be learning last year, they need to learn at the beginning of this year so that World uh, Champs comes around the corner and people are performing. And Because remember, they, a lot of countries have to prove to their own federations and their own mm. uh, kind of countries that they can produce results and that give people confidence to go and send them to to the Olympic qualifi- yeah. qualification regatta. That's, that's also very true. And, and this is also not something we'll, we'll probably speak about as the, uh, you know, as the hype train goes along. But also, you know, after every Olympiad, there's a new, there's fresh blood that comes into the system. They're under 23 athletes. They're even sometimes uh, really spectacular junior athletes that come onto the senior scene. And it's, it's, it's interesting now because those athletes are under way more pressure than usually they are because they have less time to get up to the senior level for the Olympic Games. Oh, but do you think for them, I mean, they've, as as the older athletes have retired, there's space in those teams, and they're getting. It's kind of like the travelator that they're on. Like, okay, well, there's, you know, we have a gap to fill. You're the next best person. Yeah. Come and join in, and it's like a good opportunity. I mean, I agree the pressure's on for them to perform, but you know, they. Yeah, but the, there's the, also this is where the opportunity is. There's also probably a bigger retention of senior athletes from the last games too. Oh, you think so? I feel like. I feel like you think so. You I think don't know. I just feel like there are lots of people missing, but maybe it's because no, the few people have left big, uh, big, big gaps. Holes, I mean, like Olaf. I don't know how the rowing community. <laughs> how are we gonna? Are we gonna survive a whole Olympic cycle yeah. without Olaf? I don't know what we're gonna do without him, but I'm I'm sure he will he will stay uh, you know involved with Norwegian rowing to some extent. Yeah, I hope but so. Anyway, Lawrence, let's uh, let's have a look at the, the events on display. Yeah. So, oh, so if this is your first time listening to the show. Um, usually we interview athletes and we, you know, we really get into the, the nitty gritty of what makes each athlete tick. But then when we get to, to racing and we get to the, the international season, we do hype trains and uh, regatta madnesses where we kind of build up into the regatta, what we're looking forward to watching, what we're excited to see. And then we, we break down the, the results and analyze it after the, the regatta's finished. So yeah, this season we are enjoying it and we really excited to see some racing we're also going to try and put some of our stuff on youtube so that we kind of the the regatta madnesses are are, are streamed on youtube so keep an eye out for that mm-hmm. and yeah hopefully you guys enjoy and if you agree with us let us know and if you disagree with us then we always like to hear from those always uh, those always give us the most interesting conversations i was going to say you could keep it to yourself or go tell a friend <laughs> I feel like people these days over the internet don't like keeping things to themselves. <laughs> Let the comments roll in. Yeah. But yeah, over to the, the entry. So we said it's the biggest entry. And I, I want to start with an event that's close to both Lawrence and I heart. We've both had experience in this event. Lawrence, silver medalist in the men's pair in, 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 in Rio. We've got to go into the men's pair. This, for me is almost the most stacked event at this um, at this reg- regatta. I'm quite surprised by it as well. Yeah. You know, like you, 
I, I don't maybe I didn't think about it because I was like, oh, the Sinkoviches are going to be out, and I don't know. I didn't maybe I didn't think it was going to be such a big event, but wow, huge! It's a big event, it's huge, and maybe it's the just the amount of entries just shows that their countries are like you know the Sinkoviches left a big hole. You spoke about athletes mm. living big holes. Sinkoviches swapping bow classes has opened it up a, a huge amount, and I I wouldn't say that they. The Sinkoviches had command over the men's pair to a certain they same degree as they as, as yeah. the Kiwi pair did, or as maybe the, what they had in the double. But the they definitely looks like all these nations have smelt blood, and they flooded the men's pair to see who can who can who can do well. I think that's exactly. I think you nailed it because the the pair has often had like um, like legends or you know a massive crew heading up the 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 performances in the in the pair you know you had uh the australians gin free um tomkins. you know tomkins you and then you kiwi had pair. the kiwi pair then GB you have pair. the gb pair then you have the sinkoviches so like there's always these huge names in the boat yeah now you kind of it's a little bit open so maybe some people are thinking well maybe they'll be the the next uh people to speak about or the next big uh big people on the on the scene so i think that there's a huge element of that happening mm. people trying to get in there see if they can establish it because there is an there is an element of when a crew becomes so dominant in the event that you know it c- does it chases at least the other kind of contenders out mm. um to to the, some of the other boat classes 100% <clears throat> and uh, it's something you know that's you know it's it it is something that happens in all events like that that effect of like chasing your competitors away um but looking here 3 GB pairs you have wow. four four athletes, and uh, probably the the one that's been causing the biggest stir in the rowing scene at the moment is Thomas George, who's just broken the five k world record, which is insane. He's rowing with uh, pair partner Oliver Wynn Griffith, and I know that two of them have been rowing in a pair for a while this season. Both of them were part of the Cambridge that raced the boat race, so I think their combination has been there for a while. But then you also have Matthew Roster, who raced in the four that was in Tokyo, um, and then Josh Bugagski. F- who also raced in the eight last year in in Tokyo? So there's a really good mix of pedigree here. And Lawrence, what is happening where you enter three GB pairs with this? What's happening from th- selection point of view? Is is GB chasing a top pair? What's going on? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm just excited because you know they are going to come out. I think the blocks with the fury this this cycle. You know they didn't they didn't have the best time more after Tokyo even than than during Tokyo. So. I really hope that they come with their, their, you know, their big boy pants on and they really dish up some performances for, for everyone to see because mm. we know that there's quality athletes there. Big so I athletes. think we, we I think it's going to be really exciting. I think we could easily see uh, three uh, GB pairs in the in the final. Oh, 100%. And then I think it's like, may, it's definitely got something to do with selection. And, you know, these are the top names in, in GB, you know, these are the, the guys that they, they're going to, that are going to be driving, driving it on. So maybe they're trying to, I think they're trying to establish kind of how fast people are. And then from there go into like, you know, if one of the pairs is stand out way ahead of the rest, then split into the top pair and the four. Yet if two, two of the pairs are really close, Maybe they go into the four and uh, and try and set the the standard up there. So, yeah, I think 
I think it very much depends on the results of the weekend mm. on what this selection really means. But yeah, it's definitely going to be exciting. Who would you think is going to be the top pair out of those three there? You got to back Tom George. Yeah, I was going to say. You got I, it. It's pretty obvious. He's also you can't be smashing he's the a sub five forty Ergo man on the two k. I think there are only eleven, twelve, twelve or thirteen people ever that have gone under five. Sure, that many. I don't think it's that many. No, I think it's around there. That many? That's not that many people, dude. Eleven. I don't know. I think it's eleven people that have gone under five forty. Anyway, it's a very small club of people, and yes. if you look at the athletes that are in that club, it's elite. No, my elite, favorite elite, is the elite. fact that he was um, that he raced the day before and did uh, what five five forty seven forty seven and yeah. then the next day that's the warm up warm up where went, did you he went hard to the the one k and then uh, he uh, he tapped off in the second k got a five forty seven. Yeah. What are you listening to, Jake? That's uh, for the listeners out there. You can go to the the Whoop podcast, uh, Whoop. And um, he uh, just searched Tom George. He he was recently on there. He talks about his stuff that he's done in the Ergo. He's talked about the 5K, his 2K, racing at the Olympics, racing for, for Cambridge, um, his bit of his personal growth. So I think it's a very good podcast. But besides that, another huge boat. And for me... I would say these no, guys are the... Before you go away from the pair, though... No, 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 I'm still Oh, you're still on the bear. I think you're saying... Like, so you're changing ten. I'm like, dude, there's other people to speak about. Lawrence, I'm on page 10. Catch up. Okay, sorry. So I would say home favorites and event favorites, Milos Vasic and Martin Makovic. Mm. I, for me, I think these guys are going to win. And I think they're going to win comfortably. Yes, that's bold. I, I think don't think so. Really fast combination. The winners of the Lucerne World Cup unfortunately got COVID before Olympics, but even with that, they came fifth. Um, they came fifth at the games. And yeah, I think very good combination. I think Milos Vatches has been on the scene for a while. Lawrence, you've raced him plenty of times. And then Martin Makovic, slightly younger. And those two seem to be a really good combination that, that work really well. No, I think you way. I think you way off. I think... Look, I think Serbia is going to be fast. So I, I think I'm going to put in GB one and two. GB one and I two. I think they're going to have one standout crew, and then then second place, and then the Serbians are going to be boxing for second place and come third. Then I think it's going to be the um. So then that's so that's three. Then the then the next GB crew in fourth. Then the Spanish. Then the Dutch. Then the Dutch. And those are all... That's my final. Those are all Olympic crews as well. Spain was sixth last year. And then the the, the Dutch, Nikki van Sprang, has got a yeah. new partner with Leonard van Leerup. They were winners of the B final at the game. So it's actually a really, really high quality field. Yeah, because I mean, the, the other notable mentions, you know, Lithuania's pair from under 23s, the Turkish pair from, from under 23s, and they have quality athletes there. Mm. And then... You know, you got the the Croatian new brothers coming into the the pair. So hopefully the Sinkoviches has rubbed off on them, and I'm sure they have. we'll see. But, but I, I think those are crews that might. I don't know if this regatta is the the regatta that they will. You know, they need they need some time, need and some then time. and then we'll start to see them. I think towards the the later part of the season when we only have one British crew racing, and you know, there's a few more spots available. But what's exciting about this is that not only is the A final and the top three spots going to be super hot. The whole A final for me is going to be hot. Both semifinals are going to be very hot. The B final should also be incredibly close racing. Mm. So I think across the board, 
Men's Play is going to be a fantastic event to watch. I would definitely, for the listeners out there, if I had to give you any advice, this one is definitely going down as a hot list to, to keep an eye out for the, the weekend. I agree 100%, Jake. And I think, let's move on. I want to talk about um, Lightweight Women's Double because this has obviously been our event to watch for, like, since you started the show. Lightweight Women's Double is definitely... It's in every single conversation. Mm-hmm. And for once, we actually don't have that much to talk about here. Jake, there are 15 entries into this event and we don't know really anyone that's racing. I No one, yeah, no one off the top of the head. The, own, the obvious, um, obvious name that sticks out immediately is Emily Craig, who raced to that fourth, very narrow fourth. But, you know, the lightweights, lightweight wins, double skulls, I feel like there's always going to be so many people that are ready to yeah, to go uh, because and that's what I'm saying. One though. lightweight event for yeah for the women's side, yeah. one lightweight event for the men's side. So there's got to be super high quality athletes, even if you don't recognize the names. No, for sure. That's what I'm saying though. Is that the I think the quality of the racing will always be good, but it's all new and it's it's not that much. And I wonder if it's due to the you know there was that huge thing where like they're going to take out lightweight rowing at this games. So maybe a lot of lightweight athletes kind of paced themselves to Tokyo. Like gave it everything. We're like, cool, this is the last one and we we this is this is us afterwards. Mm. No one and then no new ones. And countries are not putting in, you know, effort to go into lightweight rowing when they know that it's it's kind it's of on the ropes time. already. Yeah. So maybe that's why we're seeing such a, a, a big res- change. Yeah, a resurgence. And also I mean like China's entered three lightweight doubles. That's ridiculous. That must be disgusting selection. Three lightweight doubles into an event where you cannot you cannot cross over. You can't enter. It's not like you enter three heavy doubles and then you know you can go into the quad. Yeah, you know it. World champs. Only two only of those. Only two of those guys. Are gonna, two of those women are going to be racing. Yeah, so it's actually pretty wild. It's going to be it's going to be wild. So I think you know always lightweight double. It's a default. On th- on the checklist um, to watch out for, and uh, I think I yeah I think it's a, it's another event where there's 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 space open there's always space open and it's and it's an event where I feel like if anyone kind of loses momentum or has a bit of a hiccup, there's someone who's going to take their place. And all these these crews here that we're going to see racing, most of these crews here are going to be those crews that are going to take someone's place if there's a hiccup in the sure. top order. Definitely. No, it's it's it's. I think for me this weekend there's like the the races that like the athletes are we excited to see, and then there's the races that we excited to see because we don't know the athletes. Mm. So it's like who's gonna be now new on the block and 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 putting their hands up. So there's a kind of two two things happening at this World Cup that are that's really exciting. And I think it's it's gonna be interesting to see. Who we gonna talk about in Regatta Madness? Who we haven't yeah. had a look at now? Who do you th- so like? Uh, which event do you think will have? Oh, I would say maybe the women's skull because I only really for me the women's skull. There's only one name that that sticks out most notably over all the others, and that's Magdalena Lobnik. Um and maybe Lisa Sheenard, who's from the Netherlands. She's 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 done a fair amount of racing, but like. Lawrence and I, we chatted to Mag- Magdalena earlier in the year. And, you know, Magdalena's been, she's a seasoned athlete. She's been competing 
the highest level for a while now and she's been really competitive and she got a, a Olympic bronze medal last year. Mm-hmm. For me, Magdalena is a big is in such a good position to take control or not take control but dominate this event going yeah. forward. If she can step up um and find new speed and like speaking to her, you could tell, like I don't know if what you got from the conversation, but Lawrence, I could I could tell that there was like a there was like a validation of her efforts for getting that bronze medal. It was a validation of what she's been doing. And I think that's, for her, she saw that bronze medal as one rung in the ladder. And the next rung up mm. is the gold. So Magdalena, this is her first outing for the Olympiad. And I think she is going to definitely win. And I think uh, her her idea going into this event is, is, is this is, it's a campaign to get to Paris. And this is going to be the first battle where yeah. she wants to, you know, build her repertoire. I think what we also might see is, you know, you know, some younger athletes or new athletes coming in and full guns blazing, you know, nothing to lose. Because, mm. you know, it's not like you're lining up and you, you know, there's a big field of seasoned veterans that you're now going up against and you kind of got to pick your way through. You got like, you're going to, if you make the final in the women's skull, it's, if you can just have that one banger race, you you ride in there. You know it's it's gonna be it's and gonna you be know, game on. It's certainly possible when you have, you know, women's skulls got twenty four entries, so it's gonna be there gotta be some progression races. So that that often those progression races always there's always yeah. like you never know who lands up in a in a semi, um, yeah. and there can be super tight racing that that kind of like whittles things down. So yeah, Magdalena. Huge, a huge name at the regatta. Yeah. I would say definitely someone to to look out for. Yeah, I'll be surprised if she doesn't win this. No, I would also be, um, I'd also be, be super surprised. And also, I think Lisa Shinard, uh, who raced the double, got a bronze medal in Tokyo. Someone to look out for. And then Donata Caroline from Lithuania, who also raced the, the women's Jake, double. So nailing these names, dude. Nailing these names, boy. Not even attempting. Just letting you run with them. No, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing correctly. I'm just going with false sense of confidence. I don't think anyone's ever, I don't think we've ever had a message to say, oh, you know what, Jake, you butchered my name. <laughs> so I think you're good. Oh, I think I you think got them. They're going to start bringing them in. Keep bringing them up. Yeah. So I think let's flip over to the, the other side, the, the men's uh, single. And sorry, I'm just pulling my cables oh, out. It's a mess out, yeah. Um, the men's single. And let's chat because, I mean, Ooh, we've spoken about spicy. this. Spicy. We've we've interviewed a few scholars and we are quite ready to see this race come down the track. So I mean Stefanos, is he is he gold medalist Olympian? Gold medalist in our hearts? He is, is he gonna win. Is he gonna win this weekend? Listen, he's an Olympic champion. So but I don't think he's gonna win. You don't think he's gonna win. You think Ollie's gonna Come out on top because no, we have I don't know. Stefanos I c- and Oli who are returning. Do you think Oli? I don't know. Uh, do you think he's like? I think we might. We could see like Oli a bit. You know, if he hasn't been, I don't know what he's been doing since the games. You know, maybe he's been focused in training with the bit in his mouth and ready to to smash it. And mm. then I think we'll see him dominate. But if he's also like just been having a good time, and this is him kind of coming back. We might not see um, the normal yeah. Oli until you know a little bit later in the season. I off I I think people forget that Oli's actually a very young athlete who's actually not that experienced. Well, he's experienced now, but 
compared to how much of an impact he has on the rowing world. He hasn't had that much experience as you would think. Yeah, he's in I think, I think Oli, there was a bit of, I think there was a lot of expectation placed on him for, for yeah, Tokyo. Because he was I know, bloody good. I know, he was <laughs> bloody good, but he was a young athlete. And I think everyone was talking about him. He was probably one of the, he was probably the most talked about rower going into um, going to Tokyo oh, and over the Olympiad. Yo, Jake, that's <laughs> what? so bold. So I think maybe there was like, but you, yeah, no, you're that right, might you're have right. had an effect on the Olympics and maybe there was post-Olympics, he needed time to deal with that. I hope he has had time of like, you know, it's not healthy for athletes to just be turning it around oh, straight after in. after you had a tough one. Um, but, you know, like that is dangerous, I feel like for later in the in down the road, you know. Uh, you know, come the Olympics round two or, you know, in in Paris. But I don't know. I really, I am rooting for Oli. This Olympic cycle, I would like to see Oli win every single race, no questions. Yeah. That would I would like that. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. And then... Like he deserves, like he does deserve that dude, a little bit to a certain extent. No. You know, obviously every... B, you say people deserve stuff. No one deserves anything. No, What's no, yeah, okay, you're right. But the... Not that I mean, if he's done the work, yeah, if he's done it would the be work. he has to do the work to get it. I'm yeah. just saying that it would be something that would be cool to watch. No, for sure, you know. Um, but then also, I thought what's interesting to talk about. So Stefanos, he's raced Pet Luco, okay? He didn't have the best Pet Luco race. Yeah, but you were raised, rowing in like the yeah, freaking ocean. But still, he rowing in the ocean and came sixth in that A final when we were ro rowing coastal rowing without any coastal <laughs> boats. He and that's sixth. not kind of Stefanos's. No, uh, not into the stiffest headwind you've yeah. ever seen. And then he came third in the second reg regatta, where it was still slower conditions, but it was it was yeah, it was definitely rowable. Jake, we're talking about like so. Stefanos, it's pretty clear that like, okay, this guy in a tailwind is deadly, absolutely deadly. When you're rowing a ten minute race, though, I don't know if he's Changed the kind of guy. Yes, it does change it. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is like, I feel like Stefanos post Olympics, he had a big honeymoon period. And I'm expecting him to do some cool things this regatta because I feel like Pedro Luco was the was the end of the honeymoon. I feel like he got to Pedro Luco. I don't know where his mind was at, but I think he got to Pedro Luco and that racing switched him back on. I Jeez. think I think that was the end. Leading of quite the a lot into a race. Were you watching him? Huh? Were you watching him? Well, I was track? racing next to him. Dude. Yeah, Jake. That's why you nearly. That's why you hit the boys though, because you were like kind of having a good look <laughs> as you were coming down the track. Like wow. Hey, Stefanos, we signed yeah. my boat at the end. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think there's going to be cool things to see here because I think his honeymoon period's ended and I think he wants to make sure that people know that he's the, the real deal. But what else is happening in the men's single skulls? No, there's some cool ones. So um, Melvin from the Dutch, um, double uh, from Tokyo into the single. And we'll get into that on how that's happened, but it's pretty, pretty interesting. You also have um, Bedek from Serbia, the younger Bedek. The, the older one has been racing in the, in the men's pair for a number of years. So it'll be good to, to see what his, uh, what his little brother can, can do. And we have, yo, what's this, Jake Biskup from Poland. Mateo Biskup. He, he raced the... You know, you obviously, when you're at this regatta, you're immediately looking for the Olympians that raced the year before. Yes. So, uh, Mateju Biskup from Poland, he raced the double last year. They came sixth. Now he's in the skull. So, 
let's see what he can do. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people. This is what happened. I mean, Robbie Manson did this post uh, mm-hmm. Rio. He was in the double, didn't go so well. And I don't know how Matu feels about coming six, but I'm I- I'm interested to see his boat moving capabilities as I'm interested to see Melvin, who came from the double, mm. to see what his boat moving capabilities and are. And we have under twenty threes, like proper under twenty threes. Yeah, as so well. we have the world's reigning under twenty three champion in the men's single skulls. And you know, Stefanos, he was a uh under twenty three champion. He was the record breaker in the under twenty three boat. So uh, Emil Nakov from Bulgaria, under 23 champion, and we also have Bastian Seiker from Denmark, who is a bronze medalist from under 23. So super, super strong field. Under 23 is obviously seeing if they can make their mark and probably the hardest, the hardest event to mm. do it. And then another interesting thing, which I'm interested with selection, is I don't know what's going on here, but Graham Thomas and John Collins, who's racing from GB, they are the double combo that raced in. Paris last year, and I'm s- I'm really happy to see both of them are still rowing. And they have three GB scholars. Yeah, they got three GB scholars. There's another one who's a younger GB scholar. I haven't seen him on the thing before, so I don't know if it's selection or if they it's a break because I can imagine you want this you want a bit of a break from mm. things you've been doing. So it's interesting to see if uh, that is selection, but 100. percent Melvin Twella, I think that's selection happening. I yeah. think that's selection why he's racing the single. So, uh, so Melvin from the the Dutch um, double from last year finished second um, with Steph Bronick. Now in the single, Steph Bronick racing with yo. How do, let's should we give this a go, Jake? Kun Matusakers. 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 I'll give that a. I don't know, dude. I'm not good at names, dude. Lawrence. I can't help myself. You realize Afrikaans. Dude. Comes from the Dutch language. I know, but I'm not good at that either. I'm not good at that either. <laughs> so, the... Yeah, okay. We're getting sidetracked though, Jake. So, obviously, now a new double coming in with a really good result from last year. Now trying to make it faster. Or do you think... Um, you think Melvin has gone into the single because he wants to race the single? So that's the question. I think that there has selections. There's some been some sort of selection, and I think Kun Mertesakis has kicked out Melvin Twello out the double. The reason I say that, I would say Melvin moved to the single if Steph was rowing with a younger athlete that I wouldn't recognize. But Kun is an Olympic champion who's raced in the quad. You know, as an Olympic champion. You know, think about the decision you're making post Olympics if you're keeping on rowing. You want to stay in a, 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 a medal winning crew. And I think there's been a bit of selection and it looks like I would say the Dutch men's double, based off what's entered here, might be the top boat going into the season because <coughs> the men's quad, I couldn't recognize a single guy returning in the men's quad. So yeah, I think the the Dutch double and Dutch double are racing the Sinkovich brothers who are back in the double. Jake, this this is my event. If I if you're listening to the show and you press for time on Sunday, maybe you're racing South African championships and you can only watch one or two races in between your own races, then I would go and watch the men's double because it is going to be ridiculous. This whole season, this whole cycle, this is going to be an event. That is absolutely savage because, you know, the Sinkovich is back. There's no one that's really, like, missing. There's no one that's, like, finished 
strong. You know, obviously this regatta, there's there's people missing, but in general, I'm saying it's not like there's big people that have left or retired or look for for greener pastures. Everyone is back for revenge and to mm. to to take this title. So I want to ask you: Are the Sinkovich's brother, brothers going to dominate the double? No way. Or do you think it's going to be tight? Listen, I definitely back them. Like, oh, if you're looking at the whole Olympic cycle, and you had to, if you had to put money on a double uh, for Paris, you got to pick the Sinkovich's. I think, yeah, I think the the odds would be against you if you didn't pick the Sinkovich's. Yeah, I agree with you, but but it's not going to be plain sailing. It's not going to be a straight run. There's no way they're winning every race from here until, um, until Paris. And you know, I think. You look at the times the doubles are rowing. France and the Dutch double did a six-minute final at the Tokyo Olympics. Yeah. And that's that's within a second of the record, which the Sinkoviches set. I do think that the Sinkoviches are going to be better after like having this break, having gone into the pair, having felt the difficulties of rowing in the pair and how hard that challenge was. And then... I think so. I think there's a lot to learn from what they've done there, and then they have to go into the into the double where they're already reign like not reigning world uh, Olympic champions, but they you know the last time they were in the double, they were Olympic champions. So the target is definitely going to be on them, and I think they're going to feel huge pressure of coming from the the double, yeah, going into the pair now coming back into the double. But I, if anyone is going to do it, it's them. They are machines. I mean, yeah. I. I'm a huge fan, so I can't... Uh also, what's interesting is I think we haven't even seen the Sinkoviches at their best in the double. Because you think about it... Not even their final the form. The men's dub, not even their final form. Like, not even close. I think... No, if you think about it, the men's double is the one event they spent the least amount of time in on an international stage. Yeah, they only spent three years in it for Rio. 2014, 15, 16. The pair, they went from 2017 to 2021. It's five seasons yeah. in the pair. And in the quad, obviously, they spent that whole Olympiad also three or four seasons. Also, they have magic in the double. Like you, like when we interviewed in the in the last episode with them, then they the way they speak about the pairs being like an incredibly cool challenge that was really hard to to get right. And every time they talk about the double, they just think about they just talk about how easy they find the like the technical aspects of the double. Yeah. But I mean, again, like I wish like the French aren't here, but I mean, this is going to be, this event going forward is going to be a clash of the Titans because you have big, big guns in in this event. Yeah, because you still have the Polish came six last year. You have the Greeks from under 23s. Um, so, and then, and then the Dutch, then the Sinkoviches, and there will be more as yeah. well. So this is the one to watch for sure. Yeah, for sure. I think the rest we don't even have to carry on talking. Yeah, no, I think that's those are those are some really big events. But just to give a bit of a gloss over the other events, obviously with the hype train, we like to focus in on the big talking points. But we said earlier that there are a lo- lot of young, there are a lot of young crews here that are looking mm-hmm. to establish themselves. One event that I think is worth pointing out: women's pair. A lot of young. Lot of young names. We have the under twenty champions, Croatia, Chile, the Abraham sisters who've been around. For are the Greeks actually around? Are the Greeks racing? No, the Greeks are not racing. Because the Greeks have so the Greeks, 
maybe not bringing their whole team or I don't know. It's weird. It's weird because the Greeks. It looks like the uh, the Greeks has, have um, maybe they have an injury team. or maybe there will be a late. In, uh, I don't know if they have late entries, but who knows? You know, no, I don't. I I don't think so. I think we would have seen them on the on yeah. The thing there. But yeah, I mean, we have the under twenty three champions, the Abraham sisters, and both those crews raced late qualifications and they just missed out. They came third and fourth. So again, it's it's room for younger crews to put their hand up to take another step up up the ladder because like think about our development as younger athletes you know each season just looking to get a bit faster a bit faster a bit faster start racing on a senior level each event you want to start clawing higher and higher and higher and like that experience goes a really long way mm. um so i think you know these these athletes are racing in these events that's i think what they're looking for especially like women's fall none of the big dogs are there Get a bit of confidence early in the season in yourself. That has a catalyst into your training. Later on in the season, mm. you'll be better off for it when you go against the big I, guns. I do think that the smaller events are going to be the bigger ones to watch. You know, the skulls, the the doubles, the pairs. Because, you know, the bigger boats, not as, not as well established, not as well represented at these early regattas. And mm. I think, you know, it takes a bit of time for those ones to gather momentum. You know, you almost have to, like, build a new rivalry in the eight to to really bring the the hype up for for that so i think we will we'll have to wait and see i think there's some really interesting selection battles going on especially in the four we see a lot of dutch crews i think there's two women's fours and three women uh, men's fours so mm. those are going to be really interesting to they watch flipping their two chinese eights yeah so I mean, there's a lot of on. i mean there's a lot of athletes at this regard also the chinese team sending a huge huge team to this first world cup yeah, they often do this. I often see they send a lot of crews to the first World Cup, and you don't see anything to World Champs. But remember, they also have a massive, massive um, local racing season. Like yeah. they, they uh, national champs are massive, so okay. they could even be using this World Cup to like kind of set up for their own racing. Yeah, back I home. actually wish I could. I wish there was some sort of coverage of the the Chinese rowing because it would be. It's just like. I know nothing. We know nothing about it. There's no like you can see what's happening locally in other countries. Don't you can't see shit in China. I'd love to. It must be ridiculous. I mean, it's you know over a billion people. Yeah. Obviously, not all of those people are rowing, but I mean, it still must be huge, a huge regard uh, for rowing wise. Yeah. But the selection, Lawrence, is another thing. the The season is a little bit longer than a normal season because the World Champs is at the end of September. Usually, World Champs is around August. So. There's maybe an extra couple weeks in the season. So selection might happen a bit later for a lot of these crews. So the first World Cup, maybe the second World Cup, even the third World Cup, the crews are still going to be rotated and established, I think. So going forward, I wouldn't be surprised to see crews chopping and changing. Oh, we're going to see a lot of change, I think. Mm. I think we're going to, you know, there's crews that, I think there's crews here that even think that they selected for the year and they're going to change because... You know, this is such early days, and and there's going to be so many upsets, so many surprises. Mm. No big, big, so big upsets. Um, but yeah, I think that that I think wraps it up. I don't think we need to carry on talking about the racing. I think you got, uh, we need to go and watch it, see what happens, see where the the chips land, and and I'm super excited. I love the local racing season, and now that I'm like not going to be racing the season, I know yeah, I can invest can fully into all the racing. Yeah, and uh, not be distracted by uh, you know my own 
adventures. But, Jake, there is bloody racing this weekend. There is racing this weekend. I was about to say, it's South African National Championships. I know. And, you know, as hard as I've tried to stay out of a rowing boat. Lawrence is rowing, boy. (laughs) I'm rowing. I'm so upset. I'm really trying hard. I'm going to try even harder as the weekend progresses. You know, I might sprain my ankle or... Yeah, you know that's who a knows. Move of yours. Maybe I'll get COVID. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you know, I've maybe. avoided well, the COVID, first time, but the first, I, I, I might get it. it. This I could, you know, just a little scratchy throat. Feel it coming. So I don't to discuss. Yeah. But Jake, you have big racing. You know, no, I'm just going out for a casual uh, yeah, Sunday stroll. It's going to be racing in the four, um, and then yeah, I'm racing in the pair, I'm racing in the four, and I'm also racing in the eight. So obviously, it's big for us. We also have selection going on. I've spent a lot of the season up until uh, two weeks ago, I've been racing the Skull. And now I'm back on the sweep team. And there's big selection happening. And it's awesome to be back. You know, obviously, this is my, my strong side, my speciality side. So new new coach. So, I mean, it's really exciting at the moment. There are a lot of, lot of new things, a lot of young guys in the team. Um, and they're bringing a lot of uh, momentum, a lot of fire. Are so you stroking the the four? No, no, no. I'm uh, sitting. I'll be sitting in the two seats of the four. Jeez, that's a real seat to sit in. <laughs> a real seat. And now I'm the oldest guy on the men's side. So I'm. What? The, yeah, yeah, dudes. Dude, times have changed. Times have changed. So I'm lending yeah. my my experience and the leadership <laughs> into the boats now. Oh, Would you, you believe guys are it? So fucked. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I keep saying to them. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm excited to I'm excited to see you guys race this weekend. I think um, that'll also be interesting to see how mm. you guys go back home, see how the training's been. I know it's you know uh, I think everyone's interested to see how the new new team kind of sta- starting to take shape. Yeah, we had some really fast crews earlier though. We had um, some juniors. We have a junior four that's actually showing Cooking. some real real speed at the the selection we yeah. got we had earlier in the the season nearly rode 100 percent. yeah no it was ridiculous um and yeah. then coach mccann always quick in the single and then we have a nice under 23 pair. double pair of pair. men's pair, men's pair and, women's and women's double so i think that those two will be will be pretty good and pretty strong crews yeah, to watch we, so. we had a bit of a hiccup or a lot of there were a lot of injuries and sickness on the the men's senior team so there were a lot of Scholars racing. Yeah. We called it the snake pit. Snake pit. <laughs> you never knew who was going to throw the dice on the next race. Oh, well, hopefully you don't have to throw dice this weekend, and you just put the, the stamp your authority. Yeah, on I the always races. come with my dice ready. Throw yeah. them in the water at the start. <laughs> Let's see what I got. Double sixes, maybe. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. <laughs> okay. I think that's enough of us. Um, huge shout out to to all the patrons, all the listeners. Thanks for listening. Thanks for for enjoying the show. And yeah, uh, try and keep an eye out. Listen, it's still up in the air, and we're gonna do do our best. But to to put on the the YouTube on, I think Monday afternoon is when we'll do the the regatta madness mm-hmm. and break down the, the the numbers. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. Otherwise, go find us on Patreon. Go find us on Instagram. Tell us who we missed out, which names we butchered, and who you want to to see racing this weekend. What is your your favorite race? Mm. Uh, we'll put a post up on on Instagram, so go comment there on what you want to see come down the track. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy. We're out. Fantastic. Cheers, guys. <laughs>